Hello and welcome to the Scaling Edge. I am your host, Michael Brooks. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of our program. Max is here. Max, how are you doing today? Doing well, doing well after the fourth. There you go. Um, it's hanging in there. This is the Internet Talk program that focuses on hard-won lessons by battle-hardened entrepreneurs and business owners that they've used to scale their businesses and their lives. And they're here to share with you one or two nuggets on how you can use the benefit of their experience to scale your business and your life. Very excited to have energy here today. I'm not even going to call him by name. His name's Sean. I consider him energy. He showed up super excited, pumped up, and just brought the energy up of the conversation. Sean, thank you for being a part of our program. Thank you for being on Scaling Edge. We appreciate it. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Right. And uh, Sean's from Canada. And Vancouver, Vancouver, Canada. Nice. I don't know if you could detect it in the, the little accent there, but uh, <laughs> we're happy to have you here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and how you got to where you are today? Sure. I won't go back um, 50 years because I'm not that old, but I'll go back a little bit. So uh, I've never been in anything outside of sales my entire life. So I started selling stuff when I was 15 years old, TVs, to cars, you name it, everything else in between. And then... Basically, in my early 20s, I started working for um, one of the biggest banks here doing on the mortgage, the mortgage side. And during that time, I actually fought professionally MMA. So um, like George St. Pierre and all those guys were all kind of fighting wow. at the same time way back in the day. Yeah. We were doing so mortgages I, uh, and, and fighting people. Yeah. It was good times in the cage. Did it help? Did it help at all? Did you like, uh, you know, show up? Was it like Fight Club showing up to the office with black eyes and stuff? <laughs> the funniest thing ever, actually. So one day I'm in this group meeting and it's basically my regional manager. She's sitting down. She's like, we're all sitting down in suits. I have black glasses on. And she goes, uh, Sean, you know, it's we're inside. It's not it's not proper. It's not polite to have your glasses on inside. Oh, right. Dude. So I'm like, I feel okay. like I'm getting a shot taken right out. <laughs> I have a thing in my eye. I keep my glasses on now. I don't no know. Worry. So I basically Sorry, tell her straight up. I'm like, no problem. I'll take my glasses off. I took them off. I had double black eyes and my eyes were completely red too. Cause I had like fractured my nose in practice. She immediately looks at me and she's like, Sean, you can put those back on now. I'm like, thank you. Thank you very much. So yeah, it, uh, it helped a lot in business in general. And I think um, it's one of the things I want to kind of ch a chat about today is that leadership and that mindset that um, even though when you fight, you're the only one in the cage, the reality is you have an, a massive team behind you that allows you to get to that point. But yeah, that was a huge game changer for me. I went from banking. I realized I didn't like that. I realized I didn't like um, the fact I, I loved fighting and I was trading five, six hours a day. The downside about it was, is that I broke my hand. It was actually my finger. And that stopped me from fighting, from trading, from being able to close my finger or close my fist for almost a year. So I'm like, wow. okay, well. All things, small things move big things. They teach you that in fighting. It, exactly. And, and the problem is, is that when I was like, I was even looking at getting uh, basically cut off in Mexico. I was looking at every single thing I could possibly do just to kind of get back into the cage because it was my dream, my passion, right? Unfortunately, and fortunately, at that time, I was also getting married. So more fortunate than unfortunate. But it really kind of put into perspective that I'm like, okay, I'm going to put my entire financial future, my entire future period. And on, your finger you know, and a fucking limb. 
Exactly. <laughs> and, exactly. and I literally had a friend that was, I got called up to the UFC, the Ultimate Fighter Show, and I had a friend that was fighting pro, doing really, really well, uh, part of George St. Pierre's camp and all that kind of jazz. And he basically busted his ankle, rolling his ankle down the street, and his career was done. So I'm just like, okay, this makes no sense. I need to have something that I have a little bit more control over. Um, and then that's kind of when I shifted into real estate 10 years ago. So my last fight was uh, I was 27 years old back in basically 2013-ish, 2014, something like that. Did you find at all that your leadership skills and your fighting skills translated to your professional, helped you in your professional objectives? Oh, 100% it did. So think about it this way. I, I remember getting into real estate. I didn't have a massive sphere of clients or anything like that. And everybody's like, oh, you just got to go door knock and cold call and do all this stuff. So I hit it up right away. My, in my first six weeks, I sold six homes, made like 50, 60,000 bucks. I was like, it's raining cash. I'm like, this is insane. But I was calling four or 500 people a day, mm. random strangers on the phone. And my buddy's like, how do you do this? I'm like, what do you mean, how do I do this? I'm like, this is way easier than getting punched in the face. I'm like, I don't know what you guys are worried about. <laughs> so it, I mean, I it guess that's like psychologically, anything, if that's the option, make 500 phone calls or get punched in the face. What are you going to really? do? You're going to dial. All of a exactly. sudden, taking 500 phone calls, uh, you just pick up the phone. But <laughs> it, it, Exactly. It's all perspective, right? So at the end of the day, for me, uh, and it's funny, in the last couple of years, I had to, because I was starting getting into the easy streak of life, like gained like 30, 40 pounds from my fight weight. I did like all this other kind of stuff because life was good, cushiony. And I had to regain that perspective in the last couple of years again. And I started doing a whole bunch of really hard shit. So I'm doing like 100 mile ultra marathons. I'm doing all this other kind of stuff because it really helps put everything back into perspective. And whenever I've had the best success in my life, I mean, sure, you can be fat and out of shape and all this stuff and make a lot of money. But if anybody says that's not possible, it's not true. However, the truth is the quality of your life, the amount of money you can make in your overall potential, I think is tremendously more when you take when you when you wake up in the morning and just start naturally doing hard shit. So when direct, you go run 20K, direct makes life so much easier. Between, between what you're doing in your personal life and how your business, direct correlation every time. I agree. It's it's how you do one thing is really how you do everything in so many different ways, right? And I feel like if you wake up, you're you're dieting, you're eating correctly, you're training, you're doing all the hardest things you possibly can in the morning, the rest of the day just seems so much easier. That's amazing. So is that your your leadership angle? Is that your edge on what drives you forward? So our audience wants to know, look, I need to pay, I'm listening to Sean. I'm here, I'm engaging with him. What 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 can you what knowledge can you transfer to them that will accelerate their business and their life? So I think when it comes to leadership, especially, is a lot of us, in especially in different roles out there, like in, when you're in management or whatever, you're kind of given this position. Or let's say you go to university, which I didn't, but you get some kind of master's degree or PhD or something like that. You're given this role of management of leadership, right? The thing is about leadership, true leadership is always earned. It's never given. It's always earned. And if you look now, especially these days, because you have Instagram and Facebook and all these different social media platforms, you're seeing people that have garnered a massive amount of respect for the things that they're doing, not the things necessarily they're saying. 
there's a lot of people that are flashing Lamborghinis and just lamp uh, that are just, you know, buying their fame as well. But you look at guys like David Goggins, Jocko, like all these absolute beasts out there that are just blowing up because there's this need for truth. There's this need out there for leadership from somebody that's actually doing the shit that you want to do. And so for myself, I think one of the biggest in, in 2019, we only had 30 something agents, maybe 40 agents. Now we're closer to 500 agents on that track in that four-year period. And that's all been growth based on a, obviously there's a lot of things that we offer in our brokerage, but most of it comes to the fact that the leadership at the different levels are leading from the front. They're not commanding. They're not telling people what to do. They're like, listen, bitch, look, I just ran 20 fucking miles and you're having a hard time getting up in the morning. It's a completely different thing when I'm just telling, hey, man, you need to get up and start calling. You're, you're being lazy. You're not doing the things you're supposed to do while I'm the fat cat sitting on the couch. So I imagine I think- that would weed out the type of. So if you're doing what you're saying, that's going to weed out the type of people that are, are, aren't going to aren't going to look to that and want to be better. And then if you're not doing those types of things, but the people you're working with are, that's probably also going to weed out good people. So that's, that's the cost that BB King says, that's the cost of being the boss, right? You, you've got to <laughs> put yourself out there. You've got to put your energy, your effort, your, your persona, every, every aspect of yourself out there. If you want other people, the people you work with, the people you love and care about that you, that you depend on to, to put, to put in that equal or greater effort. 100%. I, I genuinely ask myself every single day. Am I somebody that I would want to follow? Am I somebody that I would want to be led by? Right. And some days I'm like, no, you lazy fuck. You're not. So get up and go and do something. Right. And then some days and most days I'm trying to be like, yeah, I want to be the baddest ass in my group, in my organization. I want everybody to know that there's nobody that works harder than me during the business hours and afterwards, right? So I agree with what you're saying. And does it weed out? Yeah, 100% it will weed out the weak in many cases. But a lot of times what it does is, and this is what I've found and why I'm such a huge believer in it, it flips a switch in people's minds. Because when I tell you that I used to call 500 people a day, but I don't now, right? And they've never seen it. They're like, okay, Sean's full of it, right? But then when I take a day, because I don't need to call those 500 people anymore, but once a month, I'll sit down and I'll invite everybody to come watch me call. The things I don't have to do anymore, I will show them that I can still do it. And then I have done it. And it flips the switch and says, okay, well, I want what he has. I want that success. I want to create a company that does $2.4 billion a year in sales, right? I want to be that guy. $2.4 billion in sales annually? Annually. That's what we did last year for real estate. Yeah. This is uh, some decent numbers. How many people in your organization? Right now, just over 400, but we're, we're growing, we're doubling every single year. So you're leading 400 people doing 2.3 billion a year. Yeah. 2.38, just, just shy of 2.4. Just a, a shtickle under 2.4. <laughs> leading 400 people. That's so, so these leadership skills that you're talking about, these things that you're discussing, they're real. Now, not everybody's going to do it. Because everybody wants the 2.4 billion in revenue, they want to they want to lead 400 people, but they don't want to do 400 people leading things that you need to do to do that. So how do they get past that hump? Is it a matter of self motivation, or is it just 
a, a shift in the mindset. How, if somebody was looking to you and saying, Sean, dude, I've got this organization. I want to grow and scale. This is where I'm at in life. What, what are the things I can shift to help escalate to get to where I want to be? So I'm a firm follower and believer in like stoicism, right? Mm. Where it's, yeah. and the reason why I like, you know, Marcus Aurelius and a lot of these ancient badasses is because they focus on today. One of the gifts and curses of all entrepreneurs is we look in the past and we're like, wow, we did so good. Or we're like, oh, we sucked. Or we're too forward thinking and we're like, okay, this is going to happen in five years. This is going to happen in 10 years. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm huge into business planning and all those different types of things. The problem is, is our minds are always in the past or in the future. And we're never really focused on today. So for myself, if I were to tell anybody anything, you're not going to do a 180 in one day. Instead, what I want you to focus on is that these are all the things that I want to accomplish today, how I'm going to better myself. I'm going to go. And I think one of the things that for myself, for example, when I went from fighting professionally to selling real estate and then becoming an absolute fat ass, right? (laughs) Um, Not badass, fat ass. (laughs) <laughs> and so then, humility also humility <laughs> and then realizing i'm like okay i don't like how i am i'm not at my top optimal level all these other things when i got on the treadmill right and i used to fight professionally i puked at three kilometers so 1.2 miles basically i puked i was that out of shape and my goal was is like i'm going to run a hundred mile ultra marathon so it was very very easy for me just to be like, "Hey Sean, well, you don't have to do this anymore. You're almost 40 years old. You're almost this. You you've got a little bit of money. You're okay. Why are you putting yourself through this shit? The excuses just pile. You've already done this in the past. You've you've been a fighter. You got nothing to prove." But the reality is is that that's that mindset that most of us have. We battle with this internally every single it's day. It's about taking that first step. You mentioned Marcus Aurelius and Stoics is a big fan. And when you were talking about Leadership is always earned. It's never given. It was funny because the first thing I thought of was Marcus Aurelius. So his son was uh, like uh, the movie, that movie Gladiator was the Emperor Joaquin Phoenix. Brilliant in that movie. Like he, it, it was, I was just thinking like, what if they had that mindset during the Roman Empire for some reason? Because, uh, you know, Marcus Aurelius is one of the, uh, I mean, the, the, he is the GOAT, the greatest of stoic philosopher of all times, beloved leader. He, I, They would say he would go into the amphitheater and somebody would whisper in behind his, everybody would be cheering for him. And he would have someone whisper in his ear, you're just a man, you're just a man, just to remind him of humility. But yet his son's a total degenerate. And like, um, just like get, got all this stuff by winning the genetic lottery. I think they killed him. I'm pretty sure they, they killed him. I but think so too, like, yeah. Most Roman emperors didn't, just die of natural causes. No. They pissed off enough people because they had so they had so much power. But it was it was really funny for me because that that was the first thing that came to my my mind. And uh, it, it sounds like we're 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 aligned on that on that type of thinking. Is that what if they did? What if he did say, ah, no, it's it's going to be uh, well. And in the movie, he gives it to what Kurt R- Russell Crowe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it didn't work out. Um, but but what if they had that democratic mindset where they said we're actually going to let you vote on who you wanted to? And maybe that was a little before their time, but some mechanism of letting someone earn their way up and what that would have done 
throughout history, which we're now discussing now, which sounds very natural, right? Like, yeah, you don't just get respect because you were born somebody's kid. You have to earn respect. And I think it's extremely dangerous, like incredibly dangerous, giving that power to someone who hasn't earned it, not just for other people, but for them. It's self-destructive. And I've seen it with trust fund friends and people who have made too much too quickly. And myself, in my younger years, I had some really hot success. I thought I had the Midas touch. Everything turned to fool's gold. I realized that uh, I got lucky and I was in a good market and everything worked because everything I was in, I was in a good business and I had some good foresight. Don't get me wrong. Made a lot of mistakes, but um, having that much come at you that quickly without truly earning it through what you're saying, through self-discipline is dangerous for your, for the, for the person who gains that kind of power and for everybody else who, who has the trust in them. So it is very careful. And, and I, I totally see what you're saying there. And it makes a lot of sense. I think people could learn a lot from what you're saying. To add to that, I think the way I've looked at it is, is that if I don't truly, and this is one of we, a lot of us suffer, especially when you make a little bit of money or you do well, we suffer this imposter syndrome, right? We kind of hear this all the time. Like, why, <laughs> why do I want to be a coach? Why do, who's going to want to listen to me? Like in our minds, especially entrepreneurs, we're thinking like, nobody should listen to me until I'm a billionaire, or I have nothing to offer until I'm a billionaire or whatever these crazy notions are, right? For me, I look at it. If you are doing these actions every day that you're you're hoping and you're saying you're going to be doing, and that's a big difference too, is if you say you're going to do something, you really need to do it, not just to show everybody else, to actually show yourself, right? I think that's yeah. one of the most important things. And so if you continuously do these things that most people find difficult, boring, mundane, all of a sudden this imposter syndrome goes away because you're doing what you say you're going to do. And I think that brings a level of confidence in your leadership abilities, in life in general, that projects stronger than any words can say. And so like what you're saying is when you look at Marcus Aurelius and all of these Stoics, that's why they're always focusing on today, right? They're, they're focusing on what do I do today to better myself today, right now? Forget about tomorrow. Forget about whatever. Like if you look at my phone, my calendar is planned out for the next six months kind of thing, right? But I'm just executing at the highest level I possibly can in my calendar for whatever it says to do today. And I don't, I don't replan my day every day. I don't redo whatever. It's just pure execution at the highest level I possibly can. And once you get into this mindset and you continuously do these challenging things, all of a sudden this becomes your norm. And when this becomes your norm, everybody wants to follow. Everybody. So is that, do you, do you coach people now? How do you work with people now? Um, I do and I don't. So I run the real estate business, as I mentioned, Stonehouse Realty. I just started coaching a few uh, CEOs and a couple other real estate executives. I'm looking at probably launching next month some kind of coaching program, more of a one-on-one. -on -one. To be honest, my time is a little bit short and sweet these days just because of the businesses that I'm currently running. And I, I do project development and a couple other things as well. But um, yeah, it's definitely something that I'd love to be doing in the future. I love to see the successes of people around me. So yeah, if you are looking, thinking about getting coached, by all means, DM me and we'll see if we can fit, if it makes sense for us. Okay. Somebody desperately wants to be a part of Sean's energy circle. 
How do they get a hold of you? How do they reach you? Best way, I mean, you can um, email admin, A-D-M-I-N, at zubor.ca, Z-U or Z-U-B-O-R.ca. Or you can just check me out on Instagram, Sean Zubor, S-E-A-N, and then my last name, Z-U-B-O-R, and DM me. Sean? Thank you. Uh, thank you for being a part of our program today. Thank you for being a part of the Scaling Edge. I apologize for my rudeness with my glasses. I don't have two black eyes over here, but I do get a little allergy in there sometime. Um, but uh, it was really a genuine pleasure having you part of our show, and I appreciate everything you brought to us today. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being part of your show and love to talk to you guys soon. Okay. Cheers. Take care.